sci-fi, something that has been applauded throughout the years, but not really focused on in the 21st century. Here, we will be unveiling some of the greats that have been released in this decade. Yes, from subdued character pieces to big bombastic special effects heavy blockbuster specials, this has got something for everyone and some things you may not even think about when you think of sci-fi. All that and more right now on Movie Mount Rushmore. Hey, screeners, how you doing? It's me, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nico Nero, and we are here once, 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 once again <laughs> to give you our individual rundowns, our individual top 10 lists of some of the best movies out there for our category this week. AJ, should we talk some movies? Yes, but before we do, would you like to tell everyone what the movie Matt Rushmore is all about? Yes, it's a weekly top 10 movie show between two lifelong best friends dating all the way back to our school days. And that all the way gets longer and longer every single week. Uh, here is how the show works for those of you tuning in, tuning in for the first time. We go our separate ways. We compile our lists individually. We come right back in. We deliver to you, the Silver Screen Dudes, our film family, our individual top tens. This week, I will go first, delivering my bottom three. AJ will then deliver his bottom three. I will deliver my next two. AJ will deliver his next two. And then we will trade one apiece. If at any time, while we are rounding off our individual top ten lists, one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say, punt. And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the high position. And once we have both rounded off our individual top 10 lists, we will deliver in the voice of Chandler Bing, the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential diverse musty movies of the genre. This week is top 10 sci-fi movies of the 21st century. Yes. Okay, but before we get into that, what happens once we, the Silver Screen Dudes, create the four must-see films of that specific category? It goes over to you, the screeners, who have to crown El Capitan, El Numero Uno, the best of the best of the best, with honours, sir. And in the words of Highlander, in the end, there can be only one. And how do you crown that one? Well, it's pretty easy. Yeah, jump onto X. Yeah, I still like to call it Twitter, but it's called X. And you have to head on over to at movie MT Rushmore, or more importantly, the person that re-retweets, so you can't vote twice. Re-retweet. We love movies fronted by good old JT at Movie Polls for You. That's the page. That's the guy who puts out the tweet. Re-retweet him. You get one vote. And that's where you get to vote for the winner of the category. Last week, our category was... Last week, our category was another top 10 movie set in London. And our contenders were... Mary Poppins, Legend, Notting Hill, and oh, Sherlock Holmes. Legend... Notting Hill and Sherlock Holmes. Nice. There we go. <sighs> right. Knowing the world the way the world is. I'm going to go with Sherlock Holmes at number four. No, sir. Uh, Notting Hill. No, sir. Then it's Legend. Yes. Legend okay. got slapped. Mm. 8%. Wow. Ooh. Ooh, I really thought it was going to be fair. I didn't think it was going to be... Okay. I thought Tom Hardy would... Mm, yeah. To be honest. Fair enough. 
Second's got to be Notting Hill. Third has got to be Notting Hill. Uh, yes, third is Notting Hill. 21%. Oh, this is a let them fight. But I'm going to go with Sherlock at number two. Sherlock at number two with 25%. Mary Poppins eviscerated people. <laughs> 46% for one movie. Like, that's, that's not quite rear window territory, but it's like, whoa. Yeah, not to be worked about with either. Cool. Nice. Congratulations, Mary Poppins. Let's Mary see that post one more time. Poppins. There's your winner. That's the best of the best of the best. And Sorry. quite frankly, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. There we are. <laughs> I love that film. But now, talking about more films I love. With our top 10 sci-fi movies of the 21st century and my number 10, which is a very recent one. And I think it's superb Dune. That's a punt. Oh, that is a punt, bro. Yes, boy. Uh, my number nine starring one of our favorite actors and a manic pixie dream girl played by Kate Winslet, Jim Carrey in eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Do you know the funny Not thing? This film, this film is uh, is on my re rewatch list. I, I watched it, but I just the concept was amazing. I just mm. couldn't get the grip of the story. That's the, the concept's yeah. amazing. The the uh, <coughs> excuse me, the concept is amazing. The acting is superb. The story I was all on board for. Where it's aged a bit, there's a you know there's. You know, it's a bit of a modern take that having, you know, quote unquote, the manic pixie dream girl is a bit of a lazy writing trope. It is. And Kate Winslet definitely plays a manic pixie dream girl in this. So it's not the it's not a very well-rounded female character or depiction of a female character. That aside. This is a story which if you translate if it was a book would work perfectly because you're, you know, it's your mind's eye filling in the blanks and creating imagery for you. Someone goes to erase their mind in order to forget about, you know, a relationship and a loved one where things went wrong. Fine in a book. How in God's good earth do you get that? And I'm not even a Christian for Christ's sake, but how in God's good earth do you translate the visualization of someone losing memory of something specific, not just but excuse me, not just by showing, you know, a character lying on some sort of freaky deaky operating bed and his face contorting as if he's forgetting. No, no, actually showing the visuals of what's happening in his mind, memories playing in reverse, specific moments in time that are being deleted without doing something naff like, oh, we're just gonna play the tape backwards as a as a piece of experimental cinema it is such a resounding success that they managed to pull off this what what they conceived here it's amazing absolutely amazing nice nice as i said it is something i feel needs a rewatch on my end it just it was just certain parts where it started to get a bit quirky like that part of him in the kitchen uh, like reliving his childhood and stuff it just i was like the concept, to me personally, was better than going into this wild imagination because it's like reversing and forgetting. So the initial part of the story had me and then it just started to get a bit too quirky. And I was like, I don't know if I appreciate it. But 
I do say I want to watch it again. It's great. My number eight. One of Ridley Scott's standout modern films with Matt Damon. I'm going with The Martian. I very it hurt me to have left this off you though. I swear. Oh damn, you, you left it off. Oh yeah. Oh whoops, sorry, that shouldn't be oh, a pun. That should yeah, be an okay. I didn't punt. I didn't punt. <laughs> Ignore that. Punting myself, so not a pun. Ignore that. The Martian. Look, that we we've dis- we've discussed on our news show how it's quite unfair that Ridley Scott gets tarnished with this brush of oh uh, he's fallen off the wagon. When actually, when you look at his 21st century filmography, minus a few obvious tarnishes, such as, uh, you know, the, the, that new Alien movie, which was not really good. Um, and uh, what was that? And, and House of Gucci. Scott's done a lot of great films in the 21st century. You're American Gangsters, Body of Lies. Um, you're, you know, you've got The Martian. And there's a number of others that I'm forgetting, but it, go, go on IMDb and look at his filmography from 2000 onwards. It's impressive to say the least. And th- for however fair or unfair the reasons are, this seems to be the movie that in people's minds is like, oh, Ridley's back on form. Um, and for good reason. Like of all the very, very good movies that he's made, this is definitely one of his standouts. It's, it's like... <laughs> I mean, they stole some ideas from Guardians of the Galaxy in this. Like the moment Matt Damon started listening to those various playlists of music, I'm like, uh uh-huh, we're a fan of Peter Quill, are we? Fair enough. <laughs> Star Lord called. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Star Lord called and said, I want my I want my mixtape back. But how they go about showing, I mean, I'm a big fan of movies that happen with one character in one location. I always think it's very impressive when you can keep an audience engaged with just a solo performance. Um really cool but this guy sciencing just literally survival sciencing on a planet which is theoretically got no water so cool so so cool yeah i i had i had great fun watching this film um bit of a caveat to mine there are certain films that i've loved along the way most of these or caught along the way and it was initial impression and because it was so hard to even rank that 10 Films that I thought of after, I was like, that has to be held for another option. Otherwise, I'd still be fighting with this list. I'm still not even sure my number one should be my number one. I just had to rank it on that. So I I, I get what you're saying. Awesome move. Awesome. I'm similar. My number one and two keep on flip-flopping back and forth. And then I remember that my, my number one is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like top <laughs> on Cool. But yeah, that's my bottom three. Your your number ten, please. So in at number ten is a film that we done a profile episode on our previous channel with, and I came across it. And I know it's not for everyone, but I really, really enjoyed the concept behind it. It's a Jake Gyllenhaal movie, and for one of two, Jake appears in two films. Um, this is Source Code. I I, I know it's not for everyone, you love this, don't you? but there is something about this Groundhog Day esque survival movie essentially which is taking place in a a fake reality because this is a i don't want to spoil it but a man who has to stop a bomb and who keeps continuously getting the message and then we realize that for better or worse terms and this is a spoiler to a film that hasn't made it to my list it's an avatar of him it's his mind that's going in there and he has to stop a situation that's happened so it's somewhat a parallel universe but based on a virtual reality universe and how they can stop it. It's to intercept this terrorist from attacking again. And how it happens, 
it fascinated me in such a way that I was like, but what happens at the end? And it still played out. And I was like, this is it, it. There's something redeemable about this film for me that I've always loved. As I said, it's a Groundhog Day movie in order to catch a terrorist from striking again. That's that's the plain core of it. There is no other element. It's not the only Groundhog Day-esque movie that's made it for you. Sadly, it is. I know the other one's there. It was actually on my list. It was on my list, and I've omitted it for some weird reason. Nah, nah. No, you picked the wrong Groundhog Day movie. I'll say that now. But here's the thing. I'm aware that, one, there's two things. One, I'm very aware that it would have made your list. And two, there is something about this film that's always stuck to me, and I know it it would not have made your list. So I want to put it out there I to give it the really love that like I have for it. Movie. Just, just to put that out there, I'm a big fan of Scott Derrickson, the director. Went on to do the first Doctor Strange movie. I really like this film. It's one of those pleasant. I wasn't. This movie has no right being as good as it is. Like, where did you come from to entertain? That's kind of what it has to me. But it's I wouldn't of... put it on my top ten. Mm-mm. But it's to very me, good. I tell you, it has this redeeming factor. I don't know how or why, but it does. Um, so, I mean, so right. You shouldn't shouldn't put on your list. You go with your list, AJ. But in in the funny world of like um, Dragon Ball fusion, here's a my top ten is a Groundhog Day. My number nine features Tom Cruise. <laughs> so if you match them, it's there. Um, this probably would be higher if I don't keep getting like it, it's been an age since I've watched it, and I keep saying I'm going to watch it. I haven't. Yes, yeah. Minority Report. Like the the love I have for Minority Report is something I, again a different. Do you know when the people say that you don't have originality in movies? Now I don't care if this came from a book or what have you. I'm not here to do the research. I'm here to sell the film. This was an original concept in cinema. You know, here's something fresh, and you've got Tom Cruise as the as he normally would play the cop who you know straight no nonsense is there intercepting a villain and. Where Source Code was about trying to find a villain, this one, the villain is exposed before they've committed the crime. Because in this world and in this universe, we have these entities known as precogs who can tell the future and see a crime before it happens. And then it's on people like Tom Cruise to then intercept them and stop them. What happens when that person in question is now the cop who always is intercepted? He is now about to be stopped. And he knows he wouldn't commit the crime that's there. So can the precog be wrong? No, that's impossible. Or is it? (laughs) And that's it. He is now on the run and is now being chased by another precog cop, for for better or worse. I can't remember the correct term. But one of these cops about to intercept in the form of Colin Farrell. And while he's on the run, he's actually nicked the precog to to go through this story and i just thought it was an absolutely amazing movie i loved it like when it first came out i've watched it multiple times absolutely back to back so, watched it i've only ever seen minority report once and i loved Did you it. Enjoy it i yeah. loved it absolutely cool. loved it um there's one part that sticks out to me you know when you're watching a really good movie and there's that one part that drags and you're like ugh and then you, that seems to stick in your mind. Uh, that whole part where he goes to the greenhouse and he gets like stung and just to help him breathe again. I was like, you could have cut this whole thing out of the movie to speed it up. Most likely, yeah, yeah. Like that was so unnecessary. But I do have a feeling that if one was to watch Minority Report now, why it would be relevant. You know, oh, cool. Rise of AI and all that. 
boy, yeah. I'd like to see Minority Report through a 2023 lens. That's not a bad shout, actually. That's not a bad shout. That is something I didn't think of. That is something I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Okay, in at number eight is Jake Gyllenhaal for the second time. Um, this is a film that, again, has really... I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Post-apocalyptic is a global warming war, global warming movie that I've just always loved. <laughs> Day after tomorrow. Now, I know it's not for everyone, but there was something... <laughs> you know what it is this film for me made me stop and pay attention and i think that's the message that it needed to do so i respect it for the fact that it made me do that you know it's like this is what we're doing to our planet pay attention now maybe others are like it just seems absolutely ridiculous but it's literally the second coming of the ice age and how man is meant to adapt throughout it's simple it's cheesy it may not work But I really liked it. I really liked it. Have I watched it in the past 10, 15 years? Hell no. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't have made the list. But when I was like, it's one of those films again, when I get an opportunity to include it, it's going to get included. And yeah. That's, that's the where guy it when it made Independence Day 2. Let's not forget that. <laughs> I've still not watched that. Your hate for it has put me off actually going to watch it. So bad. You, just, you cannot fathom how bad this film is. Uh, don't go into it yet. Thank you, DMs. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so bad. Wait, wait, wait. What's happening in? Uh, no, it's fine. Okay. Right, fair enough. <laughs> I legitimately could. I'm not going to give it the oxygen. All oh, right, fair, fair play. Um, You're number seven. Eight, yeah. Yeah. All right, my seven. Oh, I think I've put this too low. Yeah, no, it's sitting where it's sitting, but I do think it might be a bit low. Um, amazing cast, three-way cast, Oscar Isaac, Donald Gleason, and my girl, Ava and X Machina, Alicia Vikander. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just just accept the punt and leave it where it's at. We'll accept leave it the punt. <laughs> you know how black lives matter? Yeah, yeah. You know how some people say that like all lives matter, which is is dumb. But ape lives matter. Rise of the planet. Oh man! Of course, this is sci-fi. I am shocked you forgot this. Oh man! You love this film, don't I, Josh? Yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. For me the best Planet of the Apes movie that's ever been made. I don't just mean the trilogy; I mean ever. This made me believe and buy into the idea of, of of the franchise of the Planet of the Apes. I adore this movie. James Franco, Andy Serkis, Freda Pinto, et al. John Lithgow are on such fine form. The you know the the emotional beats of the movie are so well conceived. Like when baby caesar turns the spoon around so john lithgow can hold it properly the moments of you know foreshadowing intention like when he growls back at the dog in the park and the way the movie purposefully and tactically masterfully i'd add takes its time so often in movies where they decide to take their time you kind of feel like oh get to the point but because you're so enthralled 
by seeing this little baby hyper intelligent ape come to adulthood you're there for the ride like stuff doesn't kick off until literally the last 20 25 minutes of the film and it's not a short film you know it's now, it's a wetter production, so these movies have got length on them. But for the whole family dynamic of what happens between Caesar and his upbringing and his abandonment, but his retained love with the family who raised him, it is such a wonderful family dynamic bookended with this rise of the planet of the apes and an incredible sequence at the end where the apes become biped hyper-intelligent. Um, yeah, and obviously the motion capture that Circus provides is just it, it, it's it's god level acting like he's doing here. You know, he, he he is belonging in the conversation of one of the greatest actors to have ever lived. Circus, he really is, and this is one of his finest, maybe his finest performance. Maybe Caesar is better than Gollum. I don't know, but I would I would listen to an argument for that. This is. This has to be on a list. Yeah, I am truly, truly gutted that I forgot this. I, I, I'm like very high levels of hurt. Like there are other films that I'm like, okay, yeah, source code could have come. Sometimes others that I forgot, but this one actually hurts me that I forgot it because it's all kinds of great. It is all. Kind of great. I think you would have heard the word punt if I'd remembered it. It's that level of. <laughs> or, no, even going back to what you said, in terms of what you said with um, even the best Planet of the Apes movie, I, I can only but co sign it. What came after it was just, it just couldn't match what Dawn it was. was. Good. Dawn it was really good, good, but it couldn't match Rise. And what came before it just. We're not even talking Wahlberg. I, 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 the interest is. I'm not going to lie and say I've seen them all or what have you, but it's just, it just doesn't even hit the right beats like what this done. I get it. It's now established planet, whereas this shows you how it became that planet. But oh my god, what a good movie! What a good movie! Yeah. yeah. If ever someone says I prequels aren't good, show them this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Literally. That's a fact. Show them this, and then be like. Talk to me. What do you have to say now, eh? Look at the ape. Look at the ape saying, I am home. Arr. Preach, preach, preach. It's, yes, it's a goodie. You're it's seven. a goodie. Right. In at number seven, we're going to go down the world of animation. Oh. Do you know? Can we go? There's a few that come you to know, mind. You don't? Animation. There's a few that come to mind. Pixar. No, there's only one then. <laughs> good old Wally. Yeah, that's a good old punt. Okay, nice, 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 nice. Okay. In at number six was the punt from earlier, the initial punt. June. Yeah, this is good. This, now, uh, as my story always goes, I was going for a quick movie and then dinner. That didn't happen because of the length of this film. Now, while this film has length, it has quality. There is just something about the film that just has me locked. It's got me locked. There's no other word for it but locked. I'm just there. It has my focus 
I'm there. It's laser focused. And I'm like, this is good. And I remember thinking, oh, this is going on longer than I expected. And I wanted to check the runtime. And the good thing about that cinema is where it is, it blocked off signal. So you couldn't get signal to find out anything. You won't get any interruptions. It's locked off your signal. And I just had to accept the runtime of this film. And I was like, oh, sugar, I promised to miss a, a meal. It didn't happen. But my God, what a journey this film was. You know, and I, I'm aware it's fantasy. So I don't want to get into the argument with people over sci-fi versus fantasy. Uh, this, this, but I watched this and I was this like... Is this is sci-fi before it's fantasy. Yeah, no, no, no. What I'm about to say is the argument. Is this film, to me, is what I expected. Remember, I was late to the party, so please people don't get offended and go into blasting comments. This is what I expected the quality of Star Wars to be when I heard. It, like the tropes and arguments are very similar in terms of the the rebel force, the the empire 100%. who set these laws. The next one, come again. One hundred percent. And agree. when, yeah, what I saw here, I was like, this is the takeaway. This is the takeaway I wanted. This is the hype I wanted in there. And the best part about this film is while I was getting so deep, it stopped. You stopped that film at a point and I said, I can't wait for part two. Well done. That is the master. And I've never seen the original Dune, and I've not read the book, so I'm completely oblivious to what comes next. Oh, you've not but read I the book. books? Okay. Not read the book, not seen the original movie. I And that's what shocked me even more, because I knew the original movie was a one-piece movie. I was so shocked when it ended. I was like, you what? No, 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 no. The adventure's about to begin. What do you mean? Loved it. That is a spoiler for anyone who's not seen the end, but that's how good it is. I'm willing to spoil it because you will have the same emotion I did. You're like, no, not here, not here. I, I, <laughs> I need to tread lightly because I'm in the doghouse with Dem Detect for speaking in terms when he's not able to defend himself. <laughs> but our buddy Dan does not. Well, that may have changed. I think he's. The I first think it changed. I am very sure it changed. He was the first to say he wasn't, you know, in a particularly receptive to a slow movie mood when he first saw this, but. You know, his first impression was that it was boring, where my first one was, yeah, that's movie of the year right there. And it was my movie of the year. It is like, <laughs> Dunny Villeneuve and his eye for visuals, man. Aside from the fact that he brought the characters from page to screen so effortlessly, despite, you know, the casting choices were great. Timothy Chalamet was so good in this. Jason Momoa made me believe he could act like and I and I love Jason I'm not even throwing shade Jason's one of the coolest men in the world but I think by his own admission he's not the world's greatest actor fucking good if this, you want it? to know how good an actor he is just read his script from Game of Thrones <clears throat> <You're> right <laughs> and he was awesome in that <laughs> just do the chest thing yeah, exactly <laughs> move just move move and look scary <laughs> just move and look scary but Villeneuve got a great performance out of out of Jason Momoa the same way James Gunn got a great performance out of Dave Batista who's also in this uh, but the same way that James Gunn got a great performance out of Dave Batista in Guardians of the Galaxy you know know how to use your actors and in what capacity to use them sign of a superb director um yeah, Villeneuve is something special. And you could literally pause every single frame of this movie and it's like a work of art. I have never seen a movie 
where it well maybe the revenant or like blade runner 2049 another villeneuve movie but every single shot in this movie was just like huh this is so pretty like, what the hell am i watching and i love the story man i love this big non-star wars ip space opera with all these different warring clans and factions it's so good and part yeah. two is out in a few months <laughs> all, kind, all kinds of awesome all kinds of awesome that i'm looking forward to that was that your I six yeah indeed it was yeah what a piece i've noticed you also haven't put your number five up either. i've just uploaded it because i was like shit i was just oh, looking i was like six four what do you mean six four what the hell right, <laughs> so. cool. Uh, so my number five, yeah? Yep. Uh, well, I mentioned this to you on the news show. Who are my two, well, two or three favorite working actors today? Um, we have Sam Rockwell and Barry Keoghan. Yeah, and there's Chalamet in there as well, obviously. Yes, but, yes, yes. Yeah, so let's go with the first one. Sam Rockwell and only Sam Rockwell. Oh, I keep remembering this film, but I haven't seen it yet. I've got to be honest. Moon. Dude, Moon. <laughs> now this yeah. is a movie oh, yeah no I remember the love that came up for it when we talked about movies from the moon about the moon yeah oh my god so this it, it's it's such an exercise in isolation this film this solo space station operator who's been up in space and who's getting ready to come back home who's only got one of the you know one of the ai robots voiced by kevin spacey we can now say his name again um voiced by kevin spacey to keep him company he discovers this unspoken truth about what his purpose for being there is and that he may not be alone he may not be i'm being very careful with the way i phrase this he may not be the only one up there and if you've seen moon you know what i've just said is really smart and if you haven't seen moon watch it because oh jesus the performance for sam rockwell alone is worth showing up for, for this movie like any sam rockwell movie is because he is that damn good but this is must watch stuff moon is incredible You're number five Right. Um, we talked about one of your favourite actors um, of all time. Who did we do? This is quite fitting for sci-fi movies of the 21st century. Who did we deem the best director of the 21st century? Best director of? 21st century. Oh, Nolan. So then we, it's, it's only fair to bring him in, right? And let's use the concept of sleep because Inception is my number five. Um, oh, that poster has not aged well. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I didn't even look. I just saw the poster. That... Oh, look who's to the right of Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's how that's how they were at the time. So we will just acknowledge it for what it is. Sue me. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway. Photoshop. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Like that's how the individual looked when the film was released. Sorry, it's supposed yeah, yeah. um, to. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh God, now you got me in a butt. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, <laughs> the concept of <laughs> how do you how do you find out information from someone when they are they that they, they are 
good at keeping secrets. That's they, they will withhold this with their very life, their very being. It's easy. You tap into their subconscious. And how do you what's the best way to tap into someone's subconscious? While they're asleep. Let their thoughts reveal information while they're sleeping because they don't control it. We can't control our dreams. And whatever comes out and is is influence for it to come out and it leads to, it's there. And that's what this film is about. It's literally invading someone's it's a heist movie where you're robbing information from someone while they sleep it's absolutely insane and the people committing the heist also asleep and it goes dream into it's when it goes into levels of dreaming and you're like what is going on and the way the world gets disrupted is one of the most awesome things like if you've seen dr strange inception says you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, simple true. as it comes because the way the world spins and it is created i was just fascinated i remember my brother and a friend talking about this film once and i had no idea what inception was at the time they're like you what and they're like yeah within the dream and what have you by the time i sat back i was like oh now i get what i was talking about now i can't remember what that conversation was about but it was mind-blowing. Within a dream thing. Yeah, it was that. It was the way the world, the, the, the walls and streets just spin upside down. And you're like, what is going on? Like, I've never been so invested in the film to be like, what? And then it's escaping. The, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but if you're that deep in, it takes a while to get back into the world. And you're watching this and that. And then the elements of knowing if you're in the dream world or if you're back in reality, because it feels so real, as dreams do. But now if you're immersed in it, how do you know you've come back out? You have a you have a one thing that will never let you down. Oh, oh, what a film. What a film. What a film. I love it. Nothing yeah. to add. Done a great justice there. My number four. When we first decided to do this, I was like, oh, this is number one. Obviously, it hasn't ended that way. But one that I've maybe based on my list now incorrectly said that this is the greatest sci-fi movie of the 21st century so good the correct groundhog's day movie with tom cruise edge of tomorrow or live die repeat or all you need is kill depending on what part of the world you're in absolutely incredible an alien force called the mimics has invaded earth yes we have aliens and big marines with big guns and running around in mechs. Tell me that's not the most sci-fi thing you've ever heard. Indeed it is. That's the most sci-fi thing since James Cameron's aliens and space marines shooting aliens. Oh, we're not going to go to space. Let's bring the battle to Earth. Put the marines in mechs. Add some Groundhog's Day in there. Kill the aliens. (laughs) Yes, please! Over and over again. Are you kidding me? Tom Cruise is going to play a reluctant hero where he's going to die repeatedly until he figures out the alien's pattern to kill the aliens and he's going to be in a giant mech and Emily Blunt's going to be playing a bat. Are you kidding me? Are you Emily Blunt was surprising me? in this, man. She, 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 she brings the rain. They both do. But again, this is the kind of film that you expect Tom in. You don't expect Emily Blunt in this. And you're like, oh, hello. Yeah. That's why I say she brings it. That's why I say she brings it more than top. Like, yeah. But yeah, dude, it's just like it's nah. the most bombastic, brilliant 21st century slice of like poppy over the top sci-fi-ness. Oh, it's good. 
Jeez, it's good. Nice. Like, that was your number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In at number four for me, and I hate this because it could have been on an upcoming list for the future because it was previously 100%. Currently sitting at, I believe, 99% okay. from Japan. This was recommended to us by our platinum episode man himself, Gavin Man. Big up, Gavin, for the while since I've shouted you out, bro. Um, this is a definite hashtag I'm with Gavin on this one because he promoted it to us oh, and it was on Channel 4. Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Now, this is a one-shot movie in shot in Japan, and I, I, I can't recommend it enough again for you to watch this, bro. A man owns a cafe. He lives in the apartment just above. So you follow him going up the stairs into his apartment from his cafe, and he looks at the screen, and he has a message from himself two minutes into the future. And it tells him to do something to then go back into the cafe. Now, you literally see him go down to the cafe, do what's been said, but now he is in the position of his future self. So you're now bouncing from seeing a present version of someone, but because you're following them in this sequence, he's now doing what the future self had just told him to do because of that two-minute gap. Do you get what I'm saying? Have I confused you or are you on point? I'm completely on point, but as a result of being on point, I'm confused as all hell by the concept of this movie. This just basically it's it's a time travel it's a time warp movie because it's time travel because through these screens you see what happens two minutes ahead but then you follow because you see what happens two minutes ahead no 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 i'm with you but yeah i'm just explaining it again for everyone and that's the entire concept of the film but with that other people get added in there are villains who somehow get involved in it it gets to a point where it goes a bit weird and like but what you start to do is by putting weird <laughs> because you start they, they then find a way to expand the time by bringing the screens closer together so you can see a bit further into the future it's absolutely mad but it's absolutely must see i swear to god and there's at one point and it's not a spoiler you think something happens and you're like <gasps> and then you see what are uh, honestly just 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 watch it I, the, the concept is the concept what happens in between it you think how have you created this and again all in one shot. It just keeps going from room to cafe, room to cafe, and maybe an extra apartment, then back down into the cafe. And it just follows the journey like My that. Brain is actually hurting at the sound of this, and which means I want to see it. You need to see it. It's not even a want to, it's a need to see it. <laughs> All right. My, I, I will check it out. Is it an AJ Vision or not? It was on Channel 4. I watched it on Channel 4. I don't know if it's still available on 4+. Plus. Oh, excuse me, guys. Past midnight. Um, my number three. Punt from earlier. Wow. What a movie. Look if, it, if it wasn't for the love I have for these top five movies, yeah, it would have been higher. Like It was a very emotional list for me this week. Ask me on any given day what my favorite Pixar movie is, and it will it will rotate between three. It will rotate between Wally, Toy Story Three, and Inside Out. Ups, getting in there, but I think I'm still in the adrenaline adrenaline prison with Up because it's a recent watch. But those three on any given day are just like, wow, just 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 wow and for wally 
to have the audacity to make a 25 minute long intro shot as a silent movie and then introduce a secondary character who basically also doesn't speak much and you're going to base the whole movie off of these two unlikely people finding or robots in this case finding each other and like Wally wanting friendship and Evie not realizing that she needs a friend like they don't talk like the 25 first minutes is silent and then they continue to kind of like not talk but they do interact so i guess stops being such a silent premise and you only get kind of dialogue in the last half hour of the movie and yet somehow it is a resounding success on being a meditation on where the future or in some cases the present of humanity is going it's like how, how have you done this pixar how have you made a movie this good i i'll be honest and i will say it time and time again the poster didn't interest me you told me about it and i was like i'll give it a watch when i get to it i'll get to it i watched it and i was like oh god not only does this robot this robot's alone it's a silent what the hell like when's the talking when's the action when's when's the excitement on this film I shut my freaking mouth and I kept watching. What comes next is the biggest, as you said, a, a contrast of the present. Nothing has scared me more about society's future. Like I talk about the day after tomorrow giving me a, a wake up call about global warming. Nothing has scared me more. And this is included Terminator and all the matrix and all the other stuff I said is the way the future it starts with iRobot. It goes into the, nothing has scared me more than Wally because it has never been so true to life in the way that people have become dependent on technology that they don't realize that they are becoming slaves to technology. And Wally shows it to you in such a way that you're like, oh, I swear to you. There was a point, and I, I, I joke not with this, is the love I have for these other films is what stops it. I hesitated making it number one. Sure. That's how... That's how reflective that film is. I was like, this film is awesome. I, From someone who thought I would not enjoy this film, to the love I have for it is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, Amazing. It's, it's an incredible achievement, what they Nothing, nothing has given us a reflection on society more than Wally, to me personally. I nothing. Agree. I agree. And that's why it's my number three. Your number three, please. Right, my number three is someone who I brought up just a couple of weeks ago. It's that crazy doll, Megan. Like, <laughs> really? That, bro, that, watch it and understand it. Like, it it reflects a punt, and I, I gave the punt its respect. But the way, as I said before, it's the punt and Ultron's baby child. Because it, it, it's just a toy who, 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 taps into the psyche again you talk about like how ai is involved this is the most adaptive toy you would ever get and the problem is is that you would see the concept of megan and be like i want to get my kid a megan because it becomes a support unit to your child you know it adapts based on your child's interaction with it it becomes like a life it becomes a friend come again not freaky at all 
that's the thing and it, it's weird but it's when that toy becomes too protective and it goes on her own mission i was like whoa and credit to the actress who plays the doll you know who plays megan I, I again that's what it is it's a we, we've got your toy stories and movies about toys this one if there's no hidden agenda we know the toy is alive how alive the toy is how much ai is there it is the freaky part and you're like whoa and it's how she taps into certain bits and overrides the i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. this is this is power this is power must see movie must see movie it is a Blumhouse film, which makes me want to watch it. Like, yeah. I, you won't be disappointed. And it's a horror. Look at you, putting a horror at your number three. <laughs> no, you're going to laugh. You will laugh. I, I promise you. Lies, mate. Your number uh, two. My number two, yeah. Oh, just this was my number one until the very, very, very last minute way what year did that movie come out and then when i checked what my number one was and the year it came out, i was like oh well, <laughs> well game over um but my number two again from denis villeneuve i think i think this is his crowning achievement arrival this film, i have heard about it so i've not seen it oh jesus christ it's good this is not There's no, there's no polite way of saying this. This is not a sci-fi movie for dummies. It is just not. If you do not have a basic understanding of space curvature, the Einstein-Rosen bridge, and how language affects our immediate reality and an ability to view that as an abstract concept, boy, are you going to struggle with this movie. Probably why I've not seen it yet. <laughs> it's, I don't call myself an idiot, but there's certain bits of that that you've mentioned I'm not familiar with. So, the first three quarters of this movie, very easily digestible. Super easily digestible. Alien, yeah, it's basically a nice version of Independence Day. Aliens start arriving and positioning themselves strategically at various points around the earth, right? Now, we've all seen Independence Day. We know what mm -hmm. happens next. Not yeah. in this film. Not in this film. The aliens, refreshingly, are genuinely there to communicate and learn. But they're behaving and communicating, obviously, in a language and manner which no one's familiar with. So they bring Amy Adams, who knows pretty much the history and the meaning and the and the construction of every single ancient and dead language under the sun that's like her shtick right professor of dead languages so to speak yeah there's a woman who can speak sanskrit it's like oh okay cool and you know th th there's a, a key example of this there's a point where they've started to decipher the alien language and the alien says offer weapon now, in a Hollywood mindset, in a military mindset, off a weapon means like, oh, they want yeah. our nukes, right? What she steps in and said is, well, actually, did you know that the way they're communicating is actually very similar to what X 
race was doing and in that language offer weapon meant offer tool which was an implication that we should work together for a greater good so it goes into these levels of breakdown which are just very intelligent and then in the last quarter of the movie it gets a bit cray cray on the intelligence level like there was some stuff where i was like i know this this stuff in physics has always fascinated me i need to go and read how the physics wraps up the narrative because i know that they're both here but i don't fully understand and how they're interwoven together then i went and read some essays on it i was like oh that's clever as all hell like this is not a sci-fi movie for dum-dums there's no pew pew in this movie not a thing that doesn't need to it doesn't need to but it's incredible absolutely incredible the acting is great the visuals on it like this is what i'm saying denis villeneuve put him in the same bracket as a Zack schneider and as a tony scott when it's like what well, you know when you're watching a snyder movie or a tony scott movie you also know for god's get god given sure when you're watching a denis villeneuve movie he has a certain aesthetic approach to filmmaking which is so beautiful minimalist and unique it's great you're number two so it was the punt from earlier now in order to promote megan you have to acknowledge ava now mm. ex machina is number two because of that do i prefer megan probably but really? megan that megan doesn't exist without ex machina like the beats you there. genuinely think you prefer Megan to X Machina? You're not an in a I have to stop because of the hype. Now, the problem is, it's the pacing behind it. There are parts of Megan where it does it, it's a horror, so obviously it's going to take a different turn. Whereas I, I, I see I see X Machina as a, as a character piece, it's a drama for better or worse. It, it, it's the development of AI and what have you. So, for that, you get into it, and obviously, Megan goes on her little spree. That's not a spoiler. It's a killer doll. Like it, it, it's not Chucky. It, it's elevated. From that, what, I mean. like, what are you thinking? Exactly. So with that, it, it's just an extra beat of what comes next. Whereas, but it doesn't exist without Ex Machina, and that's the only reason I put it above. It's 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 AI taking over. It's that that communication that that bond between man and machine that has you going, huh? You what? That computer's ever again? I, I joked about. The evolution of stuff. It starts as iRobot, it evolves into Ava, it goes into Terminator, boom, you've got the Matrix. Like that's that's something I've warned people. Call me a weirdo if you want. It's not impossible. <laughs> the blueprint's there. But this film, when I first saw it, I was like, wow. And again, Alicia Vikander, just like the young lady whose name I can't remember right now, the way they own the the the, the fine line between being machinery, Android, and having human emotion and owning it is amazing. And this is why she will forever get my respect. And it's that question of who, the biggest question about Ex Machina is trust. It's who do you trust? And the film has you questioning it the whole way. And it has this tension throughout the whole way because it's, the, the trust bounces between two people because you're always questioning, but, but obviously I have to trust man. Man made this machine, but oh, what if the machine means what it says? But is the machine toying me because the man is toying me? Like the amount of questions that you can't help but ask in that sense, X Machina kicks Megan's ass because you know what Megan's about in that sense. Like you see behind the curtain when it comes to Megan. So there are elements of X Machina. The more I think about X Machina, the more I see the, the divide between the two. But if you appreciate X Machina, you will see Megan as a ripoff. I can't help but talk about the two. 
but it's it's grounded in this. This is the film that says to you, this is AI. This is life form in yeah. Android. What I what I love also is that, you know, without ruining the ending, is the fact that ultimately we get to a place where, you know, where the, the whole movie, like with all these AI movies, question what is it that makes us human? Is it our soul? Is it the choices? Is it how we interact with the humans around us? Like what what makes someone human, right? And the movie decides that what makes someone human is choice is our ability of free choice it's not having a soul it goes down a different route it's your ability to choose without boundaries but knowing what the consequences are because you know she gonna run out of battery <laughs> yeah, yeah. but choice choice with consequence that's not a prediction it's a spoiler <laughs> yeah yeah that's worth more to her than her existing status quo mm -hmm. no i give you that that's what being human is so in the yeah. end it got a nice little bow on it nice i agree i agree awesome movie so i don't have a worst but i believe you do so carry on I mean, it's an easy go-to. Now, it kind of touches like when it comes to your thing of when you see the years and what qualifies, what doesn't. One of the first things that came into my head was The Matrix. I was like, hey. Then I realized oh, it was 1999. Yeah. And that obviously kind of screwed it. Now, most would believe I would go down my route of multiple Smiths, which is something I absolutely cannot stand. It's not the worst of The Matrix reboot. reboot. It's really not. It's not. The third one because I was still in Matrix hype, had me going, yeah. And then you're trying to sell me the story that Neo is the son. And I was like, what a disappointing cinema experience that was. But that did not make worse because not oh, so long oh, ago, yeah. I thought you were going to go. We released movie. the Matrix Resurrection. This was meant to be the Matrix Resurrection versus John Wick 4. Oh, Keanu would have won in one day and lost in the other on that day because trust me. What a heap of crap. Now, I really liked the beginning to this film where they started to talk about what the Matrix was and how hype it was. It became kind of meta into what it was. Yes. Then it got me confused and, and stupid. Yeah. And you told me that Morpheus is dead and Morpheus is gone. Then you bring in crap candy, man. I used to call him something else, but I'm not allowed to swear on this channel. Yeah. And he's somehow meant to be the amalgamation of Smith and Morpheus. <laughs> and I, I, I said it before and I won't take it back. Until he produces a decent film, I saw him in Candyman and I was disappointed. And I'm not, I, I'm not here to be disrespectful. He then played a crap Morpheus slash Smith, who I'm meant to believe is helping and is just bouncing in and out. So until he produces a film, I'm not taking the time to learn his name. He's oh, crap Candyman. Damn, AJ right. does not like Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. AJ wants you... Yaya Abdul Mateen the first. <laughs> Bro, bring it because I have to say one must be a proper bell end to put the second as part of their name. <laughs> <laughs> but do you though? I mean, you could be junior. Bring no. it. The second. Here's but the thing: if he's I'm, child, I'm gonna fire shots at so many people in one go here. You're the same type of bellend who gives your dog a, a human name. 
Oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't Japanese chicharo dogs, and instead of calling them something cool like Ponfa or Shinobi or Shuriken, you say Duncan. You're a knob. It's when you give it a sad You a dog from Japan and you're going to call it Duncan. It's like, oh, because it's so ironic. Shut up. You're a knob. My thing is, I don't know if he has intentions of having a son. He may have a son. And in that case, he is the second because he can't be junior. Do you get what I'm saying? Junior is better than the second. Yes, but you he's not the junior. Lineage of royalty, like, but he is not. From the point that a third person has that name, you are no longer junior. You become the second. It's it, it's fact. It's not. I, I'm aware of royal lineage. Are you aware of a Yaya Abdul Metin the first, the actor? Because I'm not. Therefore, I am not. Acting name, you do not need to put the second. Yeah, but there's no shame in honoring your family while you've made it. I love where your mind's at. You're a very lovely person. I still think it's bell ended. I'm gonna ask a very stupid question. Robert Downey is an actor, then probably not. So then why does he have junior? Junior doesn't sting me as much as the second. I get it. But until Robert Downey Jr. has Robert Downey the third, he will remain junior. I, listen, I, 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 I get it. It sounds pompous. It sounds pompous. I'm with you. The 16 or another Louis or another royal something, you shouldn't be called the followed by number. Like, I'm sorry, just no. Well, then join me on my train. He's crap candy man. <laughs> crap candy man. He's yeah. Candyman the second. Yeah, so bringing it back before we, we overextend on time and de 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 deciphering a name, <laughs> defending it and attacking it at the same time. The film went from cool meta to ridiculously crap. Which And that's why I lost interest in trying to even learn the guy's name. The second, the first, or the third. I don't care because your performances <laughs> were deterred. So, like, honestly... Oh. I just, I couldn't get into the film. I was like, this is, and again, we, we quoted him before and I'll quote him again. I was like, I don't know what Den's hating on. This is kind of cool. I like the way that, it's Neil Patrick Harris, isn't it? He's the one like, yeah, yeah, we've got to bring back the Matrix. Then it starts to go into this territory and it has little tropes of the past. It keeps nodding to the past, which is cool, but it also gets very irritating. You know, um, the French actor is coming back and he's still trying to be as eccentric, but he's lost all his riches and all of that. And you're like, Okay, that's cool. Uh, so they still exist, but it just gets from bad to worse. It and it, it, you know, this is the thing: it's when you start. To, you had something good, but you tried to make a cash cow, and you killed something good. And I believe that's why the Matrix isn't in the conversation. The follow-ups to the Matrix killed the Matrix. Yes, agreed. Yeah. The Matrix should just be a standalone movie. Yeah. Cool. Just You're like Jaws. One. Just like Jaws, there are four yeah. of those. Only one should be a thing. There we are. Right, my number one. You said you only had two Gyllenhaals, right? Damn. Yeah. Oh, no. Donnie Darko is my number one. And it's 21st century. Now, I you try and tell me. Was, that I could have sworn it was 20th. Life. I could have sworn it was 20th. It's 21st. I doubted i thought exactly the same thing and i doubted myself 
But as per IMDb, let's just get this on the record right now. As per IMDb, Donnie Darko is a 2001 release. No. Yep. One of the most eerie and awesome films I've ever seen. So when you told me at the top of the show, Jake Gyllenhaal was on there twice, I was like, oh, good, he's remembered. And then I was like, wait, there's that other tremendous pile of doo-doo he likes, that Roland Emmerich thing. And he put that in over this. I was like, damn. You know. came up, I was like, he's forgotten Donnie. Oh, no. Donnie. Now, what's so This is a movie. This is a film. This is a this film. is a film. <laughs> it's not often you'll hear me throw this out. This film is in goat territory. Like yep. honestly, yeah. This is a film. The questioning that Donnie Darko does to you. Oh, I'll let you run. What's so? What I love is when a movie takes something that you know that's been done a million times repackages it in the form of something which at face value doesn't seem like a genre where this subject matter would fit but then just breathes such fresh air into it case in point this is a time travel movie yeah yeah 100%. but it's a time travel movie masquerading as a coming of age kind of blue velvet-esque small white picket vents Americana suburban town about teen angst. And I'm like, so where's the time travel? Oh, it has time travel. It has mental health. Dare I say it has a bit of horror. Like it's such a mix. It's like, Ronnie Darko, I've said this before, is everything. I still maintain that Pulp Fiction is the ultimate everything movie <laughs> no <laughs> but, but yeah donnie darko is not far behind it yeah donnie darko is every genre of cinema in one genre and yet it works yeah yeah well played i actually wish i went first because my number one's fun but it's not donnie darko i'm here to own it i'm here to own it <laughs> oh that hurt me when you said death too the minute you said it because i was like chilling hall was like Oh no! Oh no! Like it hurt. It hurt the core. It hurt the core, and I realized I was wrong on that. Oh man! Oh yeah! No no no! Oh god! No. And one of the best depictions of time travel you can get, yeah. like the wormholes coming out, and then that in itself raises a choice of: so is that physics telling us and becoming theological, and our destinies are essentially? laid out before us which is why he's going to follow it or is he making a physical choice to follow it which he wouldn't have done had that not existed and is this therefore a gateway into his future oh no i've gone cross-eyed it's logic <laughs> but this is the thing it's through this whole time travel you then go was this a dream and yeah. that's the best part you're like huh I, I, I've said it before, and i say it again, and I'm not going to lie, due to AJ Vision, it's available for me. There is a sequel called S. Darko. I still don't have the guts to watch it, because I'm like, don't tamper with Donnie. Donnie oh, is yeah. such a film. 
Such a film. And no one, I, mean, I, don't know. I don't know. I'm not ready for S Darko because Donnie was such a Never. film. Ooh. Oh, man, the shivers and the disappointment. So my number one, I don't, I don't, I don't even have the excitement to say it anymore. <laughs> it's a horror again. It is a horror again. It's from Blumhouse again. It's the film that stuck with me because it took a, a film that I, a, a, a character that I wasn't sure how you're going to do it in this era, and you made it possible. The same way, if you guys watched last week's news, you, we were talking about how to make a Mister Freeze in the Batman world. How do you bring the Invisible Man into the 21st century? This film does it. it it's not some freak experiment, and now he's invisible or what have you. You brought technology into it, the refraction of light. And I was, I remember watching this expecting one thing. And when I found out how they done it, I was like, this is all kinds of smart. And, you know, let's be under no illusion. The Invisible Man is the villain in this film. A man who fakes his own death and now haunts his partner who chose to leave him. Yeah, if you're a woman living alone at home, do not watch this movie unless you've got someone with you. I was blown. Now, I think that was my film of the year back in 2020 and uh, in that lockdown. And for all of it being caught in the hype, the more I looked at this list, and yes, obviously I forgot Donnie Darko and a few others, um, Planet of the Apes and what have you, I really sat back and I was like, this film got me. This film got me when it was released. And it still has me to that degree that I was like, I like what you've done here. I like that you've taken something classic, rebranded it, and made it your own. And it's not often people can do that. You know, some franchises can't even recreate it. Looking, case in point, the Matrix and Apes series couldn't recreate what they had. To take a beloved character like that, and look, just a couple of weeks ago, no, oh, London, just last week, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Invisible Man's available there. Very different to the Invisible Man here. Just saying. Like, it's it's good ownership of a character and being like, yeah, yeah, give me the IP. I'll flip it. <laughs> Love it. So I think what we've established since the declaration a few years ago, I don't mess with horror. <laughs> yes, we do. AJ messes with James Wan and AJ messes with Blumhouse. If one of these two criteria are met, AJ messes with horror. We can work with that. You're just like me. You have specific <laughs> horror that you like, which is wonderful. I'm so glad we've got to a point where we know you're not only a cinephile, but you appreciate good horror. A horror appreciated cinephile, right? Yeah. For the Absolutely. benefit of the fact that for the Absolutely. benefit of the fact that we're not allowed to swear, there is a finger that I'm pointing at you right now. Feel free to swivel on it, yeah? <laughs> Sit and spin <laughs> on all five. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> Oh, very good. Well, we listen, we've had three punts, so they all obviously make the list automatically. Uh, um, very I'm wrong, but we've had, uh, we have had Wally, June, and X Machina were all punted. Do you know what, screw it. It's not often I will go for it straight away, but through, pure, I mean, if we, yeah, look, if if it doesn't do it now, all I'm going to do is fight for it when we do another. Donnie Darko's in. I, I legit don't care. Legit do not care. Yeah, yeah like it, it, no, it has to, again, one of the greatest movies I've come across. I'm and so that, that says a lot. To see how, how Twitter reacts to this. 
that hurts a lot because again, Planet of the Apes is another one that would have been very high for me. But Donnie, oh Donnie, oh, oh Donnie. Donnie's so good. Yeah. And you know what was fascinating? You know, I put the question out on Twitter or X, saying that uh, you know what's the best horror movie of it? No. <laughs> what's the best sci-fi movie of the 21st century no one thought of Donnie no one it's weird it's weird okay again just while we, we go into that topic what the hell made Musk change it to X one of the most stupid things I've ever heard anyway <laughs> oh X me bro like tweet me it's a and the thing is you're still calling it X or you, your logo's X I don't even know if it's called X or Twitter anymore but you still want to say I posted a tweet? Why would I tweet on X? I can't possibly tell you the reasons of why an autistic person makes the choices they make. That's what they have therapists for. Listen, just stick to making. He's legitimately autistic, so he makes decisions based on things that I don't understand. So just stick to making cars, bro. Honestly, makes uh, good then, cars. Uh, awesome cars. Like, highest respect to the guy. Special interest. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of sci-fi movies of the 21st century, in no particular order, is Wally. Our second entry is June. Our third entry is Ex Machina. Our final entry into the movie Man Rushmore of movies of the 21st century. Why do you wear that stupid human suit? <laughs> Donnie Darko. Salador. Salador. That's the part I always remember. That was the sixth movie. <laughs> oh, what's the film? What's the film? Okay, guys. Look, let's wrap it up. We're just a tad over, so I'm not going to waste any time. Hit the subscribe button if it's your first time watching. Tell your friends to tell your friends. That's what it's all about. And guess what? We're also available in audio form. Check the link above. We're on Spotify and all your major platforms. So spread the word, please. The Silver Screen dudes appreciate you and thank you in advance. And do be sure to uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Tune back here every single Tuesday for another new Top 10 show. There should be a link to one other episode right there, or you can get the full playlist down in the description below. But until then, I'm Nico Lero. He's the one AJ, and we will see you on the next Top 10. Bye, guys. See ya.